Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to this special soapbox edition of the Risky Business Podcast. My name's Patrick Gray. And for those of you who don't know, these soapbox podcasts are wholly sponsored, which means everyone you hear in one of them paid to be here. And uh, yeah, today's guest is the founder of Thinks to Canary, InfoSec legend, Haroon Mir. And uh, I'm sure most of you know by now what Thinkst does. They make canaries, which are little devices you plug into your network that can mimic juicy targets. So when an attacker goes after them, you get a great signal that, hey, someone's on your network trying to do shady stuff. Uh, So Thinkst also manages canarytokens.org, which is a free service that you can use to manage various canary tokens uh, in your org. And uh, perhaps famously, though, uh, Thinkst is a bootstrapped company. They never took any venture capital investment. And that is relevant information because in this conversation, we're going to be talking to Haroon about uh, what's happening in the InfoSec industry now that all of the cheap venture capital has evaporated. And uh, long story short, Haroon thinks this could be good news because it could signal a transition to a more sustainably paced security industry that puts more of an emphasis on actually making good products instead of just rapid business development. You'll hear that part of the conversation in a little bit, but I started off by asking Haroon uh, what he's been up to at Thinkst and what's going on over there just generally, and here's what he had to say. Uh, It's been interesting times. So we're about to release a new version of Canary. Um, and so for, for those who don't know, uh, a while back, like early on, we, we changed Canary's uh, version modeling so, so that people don't actually get version numbers. They either get current or not current and not current quickly updates. But what it means is uh, multiple times a year, we put out new versions of Canary. Clients automatically upgrade. It gives them a whole bunch of new personalities, a whole bunch of uh, new functionality that just silently uh, kicks out. So we currently just started testing on our newest release, which means that that should go out uh, before the the quarter is over. Um, And then recently we've been pretty excited. I think I was on your show talking about uh, some of our new tokens. Um, So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, We're interested in where it's going. Well, you got the Azure, Azure one, right? And there's also the credit card stuff as well, which is pretty cool, yeah. The, interestingly, a little while back, we had the command execution token, uh, which which uh, generated a lot that was of a, interest. That was, a, that was like a registry hack thing, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, exactly. It was a Windows yeah. registry hack. And and interestingly, like what made that interesting, again, is just it was super simple, super easy to deploy, and super high fidelity. And and that becomes pretty much our watchwords. And And one of the things that's interesting is, um, as you do this, you keep getting people pinging for more complex versions of that. Like, hey, we run an all Linux shop. Like, can we do the same version? Can you build a script? And of course you can, except now you're talking about build software, deploy software, do that stuff. And and again, we aim pretty squarely at the sweet spot of really easy to deploy, really high fidelity detection. And so we spend most of our time trying to get uh, those things dialed in. Um, yeah, so, so at the moment, that's what we aimed at. Internally, um, it's interesting. Um, for us, we think we're a little bigger now because we almost uh, 40 people, um, which sounds ridiculously small by uh, by. Uh, other company standards, but well, you're not you're not Broadcom, but thank God for that, right? <laughs> yes, so, yeah. yes, we, we it uh, yes uh, it 
No, it's true. And and look, that gives us a whole bunch of benefits. Like like company-wise, it's always meant that we've been able to work as a tight group. But but even at 40, we've had to start uh, being a little more grown up as a company, uh, at least with what we do. We've bolstered support and CS. So now when people mail in for support, uh, they don't just get uh, me replying uh, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. um, there's tickets and stuff. And people <laughs> actually, there's actually a process for claiming expenses. And there might even be <laughs> managers floating around things. No, no, no. We, we, still maintain, we, we still maintain our everyone gets a credit card. Um, but it is interesting. For, for us, one of the things we've been focusing really hard on is how to keep um, some of the original benefits that we had um, when we were tiny and not lose that as we grow. So, so for example, there were some things we got secretly lucky with that we didn't know we were lucky with when we were tiny. So, so for example, when, when Bradley and I were doing every incoming sales call, on the call you hear, well, oh, this isn't landing well, like the product's not going to work if we don't do this. And so we go back and change the product. Or when I was involved in every support call, you get to see, well, oh, everyone's tripping over this. We need to fix it. And and one of the things that, that we very uh, tightly focused on is how to make sure we don't lose that benefit as we scale. So, so when people are doing support via tickets or doing customer success via tickets, how do we make sure we still catch the, hey, all customers want this? Hey, there's friction no, man, that can no. be shaved. The way it's going to be, the way it's going to be is in like ten years. There's going to be an episode of Undercover Boss, right? <laughs> where where Haroon Mir, chief executive executive of Thinkst Heavy Industries, a you know global security firm, is going to be filmed working as an intern uh, handling support tickets to see <laughs> just how out of touch he is. <laughs> no, but I, I get what you're saying because you go talk to, like I've had this experience, right, where I know people who use various bits of enterprise kits, some of it, you know, some of it good, some of it absolutely rotten and awful. And of course, being a journalist in my position, sometimes I'll meet executives from some of these companies and you talk to them about like some of the drama that, their users are going through and they are completely oblivious. They got no idea. So there's a hot tip from anyone, you know, any executive working at a vendor um, these days, you know, wander down to support, pick up a ticket every now and then because you'll be amazed what you learn. It is, so I think that thing is is worth exploring. So, so Doug Song used to always talk about uh, his version of how many product CEOs, how many company CEOs can demo their product. And, and his logic was, uh, it's just shockingly rare. And, and you see why it happens, right? Because as the company grows, the founder gets distracted or the CEO gets distracted, distracted by company stuff. And, and so you typically see the, the exec team super busy with company building, which is not the same as product building. And that's even before a company goes public. Like once it goes public, it's completely nuts because now the company has to serve this entire market that is effectively taking side bets on on the company and it's got very little to do with uh, the company's products anymore. But there's a few rays of hope for that stuff, right? Like, like Doug specifically was talking about it and Doug and Jono were still deeply involved with product, uh, even even. And we when... should point out to listeners who might not be aware, you know, he's talking about Doug Song, who was one of the founders of uh, Duo Security. Right, and and outside of security, like like I've said it before, but if, if if we are Apple fanboys and 
like Apple managed to show that that the company execs can deeply care about the products they build while you are a trillion dollar company. And, and I think it's uh, super interesting because I think lots of stuff nudges you away from that. Like like with typical well, companies. And, and this is how you wind up with Fortinet. You it's, know, this is how you wind up with Sonic Wall. <laughs> right? No, no. I mean, no, look, you, you mentioned to me, you mentioned to me before we got recording that, you know, you'd you'd heard our episode that we recorded live in Canberra, the section with uh with Shanna Daly talking yep. about like how this there's just all of this broken stuff on the market. And to be honest, you know, fixing the worst of it wouldn't be tremendously difficult. Like it would be an undertaking, don't get me wrong, to try to QA, like retrospectively QA a lot of those products, whip them into shape. It's going to be hard, but it's not like, you know, trying to put a person on Jupiter. You know what I right. mean? Like it's it's actually achievable. Right. But no one thinks, oh, maybe we should do that. And instead, this is what we have to and, suffer through. And, and what happens is, is organizational dynamics then make that not likely, right? Because what happens is, um, inevitably, well, they're too focused on their channel partners it, and they're this and exactly. trying to trim down their support organization and automate this. And as you say, they start worrying about company stuff. Exactly. And, and that's what happens. And, and companies were built for this. And, 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 and it's really easy to go that way. Like, like we are as product focused a company as you get, but you see it like, like last year we decided like, okay, we'll do, uh, like, it's not common in South Africa. And we said, okay, we'll do medical for everyone. Um, and, and so we started uh, doing medical and just the admin overhead that comes with that. At some point yeah. you go like, oh, is this what we do now? Like we, we answer medical queries uh, internally. And, and you see as you grow the temptation to do all of that. And, and it's distracting because it is also work that needs to be done. And it becomes really easy for executives to start focusing on that stuff. And as long as the product is kind of okay and people are kind of paying for it, um, you keep growing and you don't notice it. And and so for us, a big part of our focus is making sure that we don't go there. And, and so far... But I mean, Haroon, Haroon, yeah. I mean, you're about to hit a milestone, which is a very significant one. And I do congratu congratulate you on it. And it's Thank 15 you. million US dollars ARR. Yes, right? we've hit, which so a, we've cleared yeah. that. Yep. Yep. So for a non-venture startup, you know, that makes weird little devices right, and sell <laughs> them us. at reasonable prices. That's you guys. And, it, and it's an amazing achievement and well done. But I remember having a, a, a conversation, a, a similar conversation actually with one of the founders of Silence right. uh, years ago, Ryan Perme, right? right? Been around forever. You probably know no, him. Yep. Ryan, you know, great guy. Awesome. And uh, we were in Vegas having a beer and he said to me, you know, he realized things had changed when he, there were all these people in his office who he didn't recognize. Do you know what I mean? And he totally. started having meetings with people who worked for him who he didn't know. And he's like, <laughs> who are you? Oh, okay. You're director of sales. Yeah. Cool. You know, and I, I think that's the thing that with, you know, that with scale, a lot of this is, is it's not unavoidable, but it's sort of, there is a, 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 a sort of shade of inevitability to so, it. You so know that's, what I mean? that's the super interesting thing for me. And it's, and it, that's it, what you're pushing it, back on with yeah, the Apple example, and, by the and way. I think I've, I've noticed you're that. exactly right. And, and, and that stuff goes in, in a bunch of different ways. And, and what I've seen with lots of our friends, right? Super smart people, they want to build a good product because they want this product to exist. And inevitably, you need to build a company to build a good product. And little by little, even they get chipped away to the point where they're standing at the booth at RSA or they see it and they know parts of the product are terrible, 
but they're getting to do their little bit, which they really wanted to. And now they have to tolerate that sales is saying something that's not true or marketing's embellishing just a little bit. And, and you see that stuff start to happen. And again, what I fall back on is like Apple managed to show that it matters at ridiculous dollar values. And so it is possible if the company is aimed at building that product. So I've railed against uh, parts of what I say, uh, the old VC model would, would hurt the security ecosystem. So, so if you remember a while back, we gave this talk on uh, why we end up with bad products in InfoSec. And, and there's a lot of blame to go around. And one of the things that I said is that with the old funding model, companies didn't get a strong enough signal when they were bad because everyone was funded. And so lots of bad products entered the marketplace and the security marketplace in particular doesn't need more bad products because it's hard enough for people to tell the difference anyway. And, and I think one of the other problems that VC funding gave is that there's a fundamental misalignment between founders and VCs, where when money was cheap, VCs could say, okay, let's back 100 companies and one of them will break out. Let's not waste any time. And, and so it encouraged a type of thinking in companies that was surprisingly short-term oriented. It was take this Build, thing, exit, race go. to the yeah. wall. And it's so, so the, the, the com everyone involved in the company was racing for an exit. But even in terms of the product, they said, listen, get you a great sales guy, get you a great marketing guy. And while, get minimum viable product while, and get exactly, it out the door, buddy. While yeah. you're building yeah. this version one, they'll make the promises, they'll get the booth, all of it will run in parallel. And, and it makes sense when money is cheap and they're backing 100. But fundamentally, you could stop and say, well, hold on, why don't we just make sure the product works? And if the product works, We'll still do that stuff. Because that requires expertise. That requires expertise and it slows things down and you're going to get eaten alive because the one, by the time you've done due diligence on the one that is the winner, someone else who's an idiot has already funded them, you know, because they couldn't be bothered doing the due diligence, but ultimately they're still getting funded. And this is the point, Haroon, that where I'm going to push back on you sure. a little bit is over the last five years, and I've seen it as well, I deal primarily with venture funded companies, right? right. And I like to think that I pick the good ones to deal with right. right and there's plenty of good ones who are waiting to get on the show and we'll totally get to them eventually right but the point is there's a lot of good stuff that's that's been founded i mean my preference is don't get mad that the bad ones are getting funded be happy that the good ones are being funded as well totally so so and and one of the things you'll notice with even the good ones that were funded like like i'll almost be able to challenge you to say find a good one that was funded that didn't have security practitioners who then went in and started this thing. Because what you'll inevitably see is there are people who've built up this expertise that then went in and said, okay, here's, here's what we always wanted to do. We can get funding and we can do this stuff. And, and what you'll see even more likely is it's founders who've had multiple go-downs. So, so it's Zane who's been at Etsy, uh, Zane and his team who've gone through multiple rounds. It's Doug and Jono. It's the stairwell guys who've been at, uh, who've been at Google. It's an HDM. And, and so what you get with a lot of those folks is the ability to, be, to push back a little more on their VCs, to say, listen, we've taken your money. 
and we'll listen to your notes, but we're not running our company that way. We're going to do this thing differently. And and so what you see is, and, and of course- But look, I mean, current, just, just counterpoints, some practitioners have found it some absolutely horrible <laughs> companies as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yeah. So like no, it's no, not no. a universal market. Necessary of but not sufficient. <laughs> Necessary but not sufficient. No, no, absolutely. I think we've been, uh, no, and, and uh, well, one of the things that's interesting is I think with the current funding climate where uh, suddenly uh, it, it's not, let's just fund anything that walks through the door. Um, you've seen a hard turn towards like, is this business actually sustainable? Like, does this thing have a reasonable shot? And and I think that works perfectly for for what I wanted. I'm still saying good companies should get funded. And and look, I I recommend lots look, of look, companies. Look, look, look. Long story short, funding. I'm going to wrap up what Haroon's just said in <laughs> yes. over 10 minutes or so, which is thank God the easy VC is gone because now we get to watch the bad products die and hopefully the good ones are going to survive, but everyone's going to have to actually prove that they're worth the money and this is good. Because for a long time there, all v- you ask any VC, what do you care about at the moment? They had a, a two-word answer, deal flow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, deal so flow. absolutely. And, and they would make friends with everyone. It was like the technology industry version of like, you know, helicopter money, right? Yeah, yeah. No deal. Well, look, it, like I think you you can't get there without Warren Buffett's. Uh, when the tide goes out, you see who's been swimming who's naked. naked. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think, like I said in the original presentation, I do think that stuff was bad for the ecosystem, because I think lots of companies couldn't tell the difference, and I think it's hard for them. And and so I but think. Look, 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 Haroon. Again, yeah. counterpoint, right? If people yeah. couldn't tell the difference then why are these companies dying like clearly people aren't buying their products i think you know i think um, the the sort of mid-range enterprise are the ones who tend to wind up buying stuff based on marketing uh, unfortunately but most security dollars spent are government and large enterprise and they're not buying crap anymore you know so it's a lot harder i think than it was 20 years ago to spin up some security product and then get dollars for it you know it's just it's a different proposition now yeah, um, and, and I'm hopeful that that trend keeps going. Look, it, it, like I've always said, I think it's the best time ever to build a security company. Um, yes. I, I think everything works for it. I, I think... Well, let's hang funding- on. Let's just... Let's just take yeah. a step back from the funding argument uh, at the moment. I mean, as you know, I edit uh, Catalan Kimpanu's, uh, you know, podcast scripts that go off. Yep, yep. Um, get voiced by Claire Ad in our, in our news podcast and... It's a great way for me to get my news because on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the first thing I'm doing is like diving into a into Catching a news up. sheet and editing editing copy, right? And I saw one there. I think it was last week where IDC released some numbers saying that uh, you know growth in infosec spending this year is up 12 percent on last year, and that's where that 219 billion US dollar figure came from. So yep, we're in this yep. really weird situation where investment in the sector is falling off a cliff. And spending is booming. And I guess my question for you is, I mean, you just crossed this new ARR threshold. And the reason I mentioned that before in, you know, was to contrast that to the silence example, right? Where they right. all of a sudden grew and grew and grew and it was just really yep, crazy. Yep. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a distraction. Uh, my question for you is, you know, have you noticed that budgets are continuing to go up? Have you noticed, you know, sales are still growing? Like, because everyone yep. I talk to, man, some of the big projects, some of the new whiz-bang stuff has been slowed down. But by and large, workaday infosec spend is still growing. Yeah, we've we've never seen a, like from the time we've started, we've never seen a significant contraction. We were we were scared during COVID, and it didn't hit. And and right now, 
like our existing accounts grow. Um, we don't churn. And and again, it's why I think it's such a good time to build security companies. I, I think uh, the, the market wants good stuff. Um, I think we've got the ability to reach customers in a way that we never had before. Like, like genuinely with almost zero marketing, you're able to, to get really far. I think word of mouth spreads really comfortably. And, and it's why my big push, even to VC-backed uh, companies, is that actually focusing on the product can still win. Your model is, is, is very different. Like it's product-led, right? And one thing that you've done, and I'd, I'd like to say, if there's any startup founders listening, right, to this, there's a couple of things that you've done in terms of like not spending, you know, stuff that you don't have to spend money on. Sales, for God's sakes. Like automate away as much of the sales process as you can, whether that's with recorded video demos, you know, really detailed right. collateral on your website where people can just go get the product information they need. They don't need to see a fancy website with a snake staring down a, a tiger, you know, with stop cyber <laughs> yes. threat. They don't need to see that. What they need to see is screenshots, maybe a video, maybe some pricing information. And you don't even need to do credit card purchases or whatever, but you need to get to the point where basically someone will email you and say, yes, I would, I would like one of these, please, and, right? And, and that's I'll something that you've done. Yeah, and I'll tell you one of the other uh, things for that. So, so Jason Lemkin um, from Sasta points out one of the one of the things that bite you is if you get a great sales team early on. So you build. So everyone knows like there's an industry model. Here's how you build a sales team. They were all the sales folks at last hot company. You bring them on. You commission them. They'll sell your thing. And and the problem is lots of those things uh, hide product market problems that you may have. They'll, they'll get multiple rounds of sales before the company goes, actually, this stuff didn't work for us. We're not going to do it. Be because you get into multiple layers of dysfunction, right? It goes into a company and then the company didn't install it. In year two, they don't know if it was you or them, so they buy it anyway. So now it's the third year. Um, and and one of the things, like like marketing allows you to do that. Sales allows you to do that. And, and so again, it worked in that old cheap money version where the VC was saying, okay, we'll sponsor that. Like, we'll get you your sales guys. We'll get you your marketing guys. They'll sell anything you've got. You go make good stuff. And that decreases the speed with which you get to a good product because actually they now con you into thinking that you've got this product market fit. And, and so again, it's one of those things that, that we lucked into because we didn't have the sales team. But I think people should consciously try to do and, and that's why uh, early on, at least for the first few million, like uh, founder-led sales actually has that benefit where, where you'll get that feedback and it's actually good for you. Now, remember earlier I, I suggested that executives perhaps go down into the bowels of these giant vendor organizations and, yep. you know, I doubt they can pick up support tickets these days because they're not <laughs> going to be as au fait with the product as they once were. But right. do you think they should get down into the gubbins of their of their organizations, maybe go out and not just speak to the CISOs at their, at their customers, but try to speak to the people who are actually using their products? Because, you know, I, I think that would be just, oh, such a positive thing. Um, it, just all I around. Think, I think it's crazy for them to not do it. Like, like for me, it's it, there's so many reasons why it's insane not to do it. But, but I'll tell you some of the 
unusual reasons why they should. You can put up on your wall that you care about the product and you can put up a sign that says the product is king. But if you spend all your time allocating capital and all your bonus checks go to sales folks, the company pretty quickly figures out which flag they're rallying behind. But if you're Steve Jobs and you're complaining that the button roundness doesn't look good, then everyone in the company knows what matters and that's what everyone focuses on. And and I think like, like people who start startups, you have lots of challenges, like how to rally the company, how to get everyone aimed in one direction. Rallying around, let's make a product that doesn't suck, is as good as anything. Like, and, and it's interesting because like at the moment, there's tons of layoffs and you're going to have tons of great people who worked cushy jobs at, at big companies and you can't match their salaries necessarily. Like someone, one of those people who just got fired from Google, like like they mega earning, but lots of people are just looking for the ability to work on their craft. Like just to make something that doesn't suck. And, and if you aim the company at, hey, we make sure our customers are happy. Um, that shows in how the execs run their business and what the execs choose to focus on. And so execs doing, uh, sitting in on CS calls, sitting in on support calls, actually involved in the product. It's completely non-security, but, but there's a great, great book uh, called Creative Selection. Um, and, and it's written by uh, the developer who worked on the keyboard for the iPhone. It's, it's one of the few uh, looks behind the curtain at uh, development at Apple. And, and one of the amazing things to go through in that book is you see uh, products making their way up to uh, the Apple exec team before release. And it's fascinating to see because at every level, um, you're basically getting uh, the next level of management who are making quality calls on yes, this works, yes, this is good enough, no, this still sucks. And, and you see the iteration of the iPhone keyboard just getting hammered away at, that works, but that's still kludgy. Okay, this, this works, okay, this is a little bit better, till it literally goes to the CEO of the company who's making choices on the bigger one looks ugly, the smaller one actually works. And again, I, I think... For me, the the fact that Apple manages to become a trillion dollar company while focusing that hard on the product is just super positive for us. Um, it, I think, yeah, I I think it's it's how we should be. I I think focusing on the product uh, ends up with a better uh, loop because if you if your company makes no, better no, no, stuff, look, it look, should look. survive. You, yep. you know, I agree. But I also know that reality is reality. And ultimately, even if you've got the best product in the world, you know, if you want to scale it, if you want to grow it, you need to spend money, money that you might not necessarily have. And that's where investment sure. comes in. Right? Sure. So and you've always taken this really critical tone about VC. <laughs> but when I look at yep. like, I, I give you an example, like Run Zero, HD Moore, yes. Venture Backed. Yes. I mean, great. Right? Like, would you, would you think that that's a bad thing to fund? Do you think, you know, and they're... Clearly, HD's been around for a while. You think he's taken that money for, for no reason at so, all? So I'm actually an investor in Run Zero, which answers yeah. that question uh, easily. 
Um, no. So, so again, I don't think taking investments is wrong. Like, like I think you, you, it, it totally has its place. I, like I said, I think that the way but people keep were your, running keep your eyes with on VC the money, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I think, I think focusing on the product is a lot easier when it's the only thing that pays your rent, and and so for us, if if somebody used the product and it sucked, we would have been dead. Like we needed the five people who took us to tell another five people that it was good, and and not everyone needs to go for the Spartan approach. But, but it's definitely something to watch for. And, and again, focusing on the product just has all of these side benefits. And, and like I said, HD has been around. He's done, uh, he and Chris run an amazingly tight shop. Um, they run just about like they bootstrapped anyway. And, and, yeah, if, you look at, <laughs> and if, if you look at them, what you will see is if you send in a feature request, you've got good odds that HD himself will reply. Um, yeah. If you say something on Twitter about the product, there's a good chance Chris will pick it up and reply to you. And, and what I'm saying is we live in this amazing time where that stuff can scale. And, and so lots of the original thinking um, was, ah, the best product doesn't win. Like what you need is a killer sales team. And we're yeah. starting to get to the point that goes, no, actually, no, I'll no, focus I'm, on the product. You've you convinced focus on me. Your sales you know, team. No, no, no. I, I see where you're coming from now, which is that if you're just going to focus on the airport billboards and the killer sales team, guys like Chris Kirsch and HD Moore at Run Zero are just going to come and eat you alive. Exactly right. And yeah. and one of those ways is is going to come in. It's and and look for us as a company, like we uh, we pondered funding at some point, and we just got lucky that our revenue grew to the point where we didn't need funding. So we hit a point where we seriously pondered it because we said, okay, how do we grow to the next level? And at that point, like literally, we had a Series A worth of money in our bank account. And and so we said, well, instead of spending someone else's money, we'll spend our own money and uh, keep the equity in the company. Um, but no, I, I think focusing on the product wins. I think uh, it's really easy to get distracted. But but what's interesting is, um, it, and, and it's one of those times where it, it, if you look at trajectories and optionality, we still have the option to to advertise at airports. Um, we still have the option uh, to partner with people. Yeah, but when it's uh, your own money. Grows. It's your, uh, like like you said, we spend we spend on advertising uh, uh, when, when we think there's good value. Um, but what's interesting is we have the option to go that route. Um, and we now do it with a product that customers like and a product that works. And if someone builds a company the other way, which is you build a product that kind of gets over the line and you've got all that advertising, then it's really hard to fix that. Um, it's really hard to go back and change your company. We're going to wrap it up here, Haroon, but I guess the moral <laughs> of the story is the, the pullback in VC funding means, and I'm paraphrasing here, but what you seem yes. to have said is it means the wicked shall be punished, <laughs> uh, basically. The wicked shall be punished and the righteous shall claim the infosec industry i mean that's about the long and the short of this it, right? this is my hope for the infosec industry um i think i think it'll be good for us all 
don't be shamed into thinking that uh, it's it's not big company to have the company focused on the product and making customers happy because genuinely deeply I think that stuff has changed and I think going forward if your execs are not focused on the product actually you are dead man walking Haroon Mir pleasure to chat to you as always my friend uh, it was a great conversation and uh, yeah we'll look forward to chatting to you again through the year sounds good always cool that was Haroon Mir of Thinks to Canary there, and you can find them at canary.tools. Big thanks to him for that, and big thanks to Thinks for being a risky business sponsor. Uh, but that is it for today's podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed it. I've been Patrick Gray, and I'll catch you all soon.